Hello, everyone. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. Uh, we'll begin this week with a conversation I had recently with Mark Rosenberg, pre-Aliyah director for Nefesh Benefesh. We got into the topic of retirees and Aliyah and uh, spoke about some of the events that are going on during this week in the United States, coinciding with that very category. Uh, Mark Rosenberg with Nefesh Benefesh, my conversation with him here on JM Rewind. Many of you out there know that we spend time on this radio broadcast speaking about Nefesh Benefesh and their uh, incredible work. Aliyah to Israel from North America. And Mark Rosenberg is with us live via telephone. He's director of Pre-Aliyah. And right now, uh, they are in a, a series of um, presentations that are being made in a variety of areas, including West Orange, New Jersey, tonight uh, on the topic of retiree Aliyah. Mark Rosenberg, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank, thank you very much. Good morning. Good morning to you, sir. Nice to speak with you. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't know if, we, if we've ever, would it be fair to say we've never really emphasized retiree Aliyah? It's never been uh, touted in this uh, separate category like this, or would that be uh, inaccurate? I think it's accurate. It's, a, it's been a, a surprisingly quiet trend. Uh, I think that uh, a lot of people who uh, watch our flights come in the summertime um, see a lot of uh, families get off the plane. We have a flight usually every summer of soldiers, uh, about 100 soldiers get off the plane, and there's that energy of watching everyone dance. Um, but uh, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of families that are coming at the stage of their life that are sometimes retirees, but I also want to add Nachum. We also refer to them as empty nesters. Um, right. The 55-plus age group of Aliyah is a rising trend. We see almost close to 500 different family units that are coming, sometimes couples, sometimes singles. Um, and it has caused us over the past uh, year and a half to um, adjust our, uh, our marketing and information to make sure that they have all the up-to-date information. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, you know, some people out there in their, I don't know, retirement ages, 60s, 70s, older, whatever the case may be, may be asking themselves, you know, is there a benefit to me moving to Israel at this point. I won't be part of the workforce. Uh, I certainly can't be part of the army at this point. Uh, what, what do you answer people when they question whether their contribution at this point is worthwhile? Um, it's a great question. I think that for a lot of people, there's a sense of meaning in the everyday. There's obviously those big moments when people people say, I, I was there to vote, or I was there to, you know, to take, as you mentioned, take my child to draft or, or serve myself or, or volunteer to volunteer at a, at a specific duty in the Army. But for a lot of people, the everyday is really meaningful. So to be able to um, make, make your life in Israel, to, 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 to dwell, to put down your roots, makes a huge statement. And Israelis love it. They value Olim of all age, and they see um, wisdom and experience from, from uh, new immigrants. And I think, the, I think the thing that stands out most for me is that I think that a lot of people just, just appreciate the life experiences um, and the sense of community that's brought from people um, at what in Israeli called, they call it Gil Hashlishi, the, like the, the, the golden age, the third stage of life. Right. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of perspective, and, and uh, the perspective is given because um, life in Israel is so active that people decide that they want to get involved. They want to volunteer. They want to, they want to get, get involved in whether it's a JCC in Israel, we call it a matnas, or they want to get in a tutorial program, or even into sometimes in the workforce, in the consulting pack, if 
capacity, people are, are finding ways to get involved and make the community stronger. And the experience of North Americans is that they really bring a high-quality experience um, to help strengthen these communities. All right. Um, so we're past the philosophy, right? We, we, have okay. we have established that it is, in fact, very valuable for people of any age to make a decision to move to Israel. And you're welcome. You're welcoming them, and you're more than happy to help assist them in this entire process. And so now we get to the next stage, which is actually you know, trying to find out the information and to get to the bottom of what it's like to move to Israel at an older age. What are some of the topics that will be addressed tonight in West Orange, New Jersey, and the, throughout this entire tour of uh, retiree Aliyah? Great. So the first thing a lot of people have a question is really about health care. Um, people are very uh, comfortable in the system that they're in, um, the doctors that they're seeing, and the medications they might be having to take. Right. So it's important. Uh, it's important. We have actually all, on this tour, we have uh, two retirees who moved to Israel. They made Aliyah two years ago, and they'll be speaking firsthand about what it was like to go through this process and adjust to their life in Israel. So they'll be talking about how they were able to choose their doctors and how the Israeli medical system is really awesome, be able to... Uh, make a, hopefully a smooth transition with uh, choosing an English-speaking doctor once you, once you get there. Um, obviously, housing and how do you choose uh, to um, find a new community in Israel, um, specifically if you're looking at a, a retired stage of life, to make sure that there's a, a community of, act, of activities that interest you, make sure you'll be able to learn Hebrew outlets for people to do that. That's people want to know what their day-to-day -day life in Israel. Most of the people who come to Israel know that the weather's awesome, the people are awesome, and the holidays are, are really amazing. But when the holidays are over, what is a, nor what, what is a normal time in Israel like? And what am I going to do on a normal, normal Monday when I, when I wake up and say, okay, um, I, I, I'm, I, I'm done my morning breakfast, um, what's my day going to be like? So that's, that's going to be addressed. We also have a lot of um, uh, budgeting and financial information to make sure that people have the sense of security about how much it costs to live in Israel. Right. Um, I had to make sure they have the fundamentals about the tax implications. Obvi it's, 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 I would just say this off the bat. You, you're, you can actually have your Social Security directly transferred into your Israeli bank account to make sure you're aware of the tax incentives that ten, for 10 years. Um, Uncle Moshe, the Israeli tax authorities, don't necessarily need to look into any of your um, U.S. filings. There's, there's a lot of misconceptions. So at these Aliyah talks, people will be able to you know, ask those, I, I wonder if, or I heard that, and that allows a lot of people to bounce off some of those um, um, unknown factors that hold people back. And I think those are the important uh, resources that Nefesh Benefesh provides to really give people, um, people uh, an accurate planning. I just want to add one more thing, Nakam. I think it's really important. Um, I, I'm at the working stage of my life, and, and as I begin to think about what to look, I get reminded I need to plan for my retirement, um, that, that active perception of what your retirement is, obviously, both financially and, um, and philosophically. So we, we, we do both for people. The people who have the philosophical, the philosophical drive to say, I, I, I want to be in Israel. I want to follow some of my children who moved to Israel, or I want to live my dream where I decided I, I want to retire in Israel. Um, I want to also connect the dots to make sure that the, 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 the dollars and cents will, will make that possible. And when you bring those two together, we, that, I think that explains this trend of, of hundreds of um, empty nesters, hundreds of retirees are, are coming to Israel to make, their, make it their home. Mark Rosenberg with us, Director of Pre-Aliyah, Monday, JM in the AM. All right, is there, by the way, a good example of a... Yeah, of a community that's known as a retiree community in Israel? Is there one that's got that reputation? 
So there's, there are actually a few. I think that what's interesting is that, I have to say before I tell you what's interesting, is the number one destination for, for most retirees is still Yerushalayim. Right. It's the number one destination for most of them because they've had the dream of, of coming here. Um, and within Yerushalayim, there's uh, different neighborhoods that are drawing people. Um, one that I'll just highlight if you haven't heard of is Arnona in southern Jerusalem. Arnona is pulling a lot of, uh, my friend's parents are coming to that neighborhood. I used to live there for, uh, for six years. Um, and because the buildings are new, there's underground parking, you know the, the fact that the building is the buildings are five six year old gives you a sense of security of of how the plumbing and everything's working right. and the facilities around that are sort of um, flourishing into what what people who came in the eighties and nineties was the OU Israel Center was the center for you know uh, certain uh, English speaking immigrants um, there are new developments happening farther away we have um, a lots of families who are choosing to follow their children be it to Modi'in or to Beit Shemesh um, areas where there are um, thriving um, 55-plus um, activities. It's not just that I'm going to just make sure my kids are dropped off uh, at school in the morning and then I'm going to sit and wait till they come home, but there's an active life for people uh, people of that age. Um, and the other places that I just mentioned is, is, is really is places like Nahariya um, and, uh, and, and also uh, Ashkelon. These two communities that are on the, on the coast are offering beachfront experiences for people to say, listen, I can actually have a beautiful house I can live near the sea, and within an, uh, an hour and a half, hour for five minutes, I'll be able to drive to visit my friends um, and, and be able to be connected to the center of the country where, I guess, the, the, the majority of English-speaking Ulim live. But the, those outlets are becoming increasingly of interest for people who want to balance their personal dreams, their lifestyle that they want to retire to. What I always say, you know, that, that dream of living in Florida and retiring, they're being able to find that beautiful life in Israel. If you're thinking of uh, spending your retirement years in Israel. Tonight, there's a West Orange Aliyah talk for retirees brought to you by Nefesh Benefesh featuring Rose and Gary Charlotte, who a lot of people, we know them, and a lot of people know them uh, from the New Jersey community and beyond. It's happening tonight starting at 8 p.m. at the uh, home of the uh, Berger Weitzelbaum family, which is 87 Sullivan Drive in West Orange. All of the information about all of these events available online, nbn.org.il under events. Again, that's nbn.org.il under events. Tonight it begins at 8. On uh, Tuesday night, tomorrow evening, they'll be in the five towns in Cedarhurst beginning at 7.30 p.m. Again, nbn.org.il, go to events. And uh, the Charlottes are then going to be heading down to Florida. They join you for the Boca event on December 11th, correct? Correct, indeed. That's going to be at 11 a.m. Uh, down in uh, Boca Raton. Again, the address, information, etc. for this coming Sunday and for all these events. And there are others as well that are taking place in New York, Boston, and Florida, and Philadelphia. There are others as well. All you got to do is check it out by going online to nbn.org.il. Go to events, and you'll see the upcoming Nevis Benevish events in the United States. And these are uh, designated as uh, Aliyah Talks for Retirees. The others are pre-Aliyah uh, planning meetings, and obviously if a retiree would want to go and get information uh, during those sessions, they'd have the information available to you at that point as well. Mark Rosenberg, anything you'd like to add, sir? It's Sure, it's never too late. I think one of the most beautiful things uh, that I have, I've seen is seeing that when not just, uh, I mentioned the, the flights arrive with the young people or the families coming, but it shows that when people have a dream that they want to make it to Israel, that, it, that they can make their dreams come true. And I think it's, it's a great job that I have to be able to assist people in this mitzvah, in this idea of bringing people home to Israel. So 
So if you, if you have this idea to say that this is possible, I want to um, build my life and build my life towards Israel, you can. And I'll end with this idea is that uh, my mom, if she's listening, she said very much, she, she introduced me to this idea that there's snowbirds, uh, my, I'm from New Jersey, who fly down to the winter to Florida, and there's snowflakes, the people who go back and forth several times during the winter. We are seeing snowbirds and snowflakes to Israel. So if you're, I encourage you to think about it. If you want to make part of your home in Israel, give us a call. We'd be thrilled to assist you. Mark, always a pleasure speaking to you, sir. Thanks so much for joining us. Bye-bye. Mark Rosenberg, he's director of Pre-Aliyah Nefesh Benefesh. Go to nbn.org.il, click on events, and you will see there a whole bunch of information regarding events taking place in Jersey, Philly, Boston, Florida, etc. Many of them designated specifically for uh, Aliyah Talks uh, um, aimed at retirees. That was my conversation with Mark Rosenberg of Nefesh Benefesh. Uh, last week on Friday, I had the opportunity to speak to Rabbi Yuval Cherlo of Tzomet in Israel, who was uh, one of the people uh, highlighting the visually impaired during accessibility Shabbat, uh, which became a very big uh, topic in Israel and really throughout the entire world. He gave some advice about how to help those who are visually impaired and to keep them in mind when setting things up in our local synagogues. Rabbi Yuval Cherlo with me on JM and the AM on this edition of JM Rewind here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Israeli synagogues and communities will mark Accessibility Shabbat to call attention to the needs of the disabled community within Jewish tradition and in Jewish institutions. The event this weekend, launched by the Israel-based Sohar Rabbinical Organization, coincides with International Day of Persons with Disability, marked on December the 3rd. The weekend event will focus on the needs of the visually impaired community, uh, of the visually impaired community, according to Sohar. Rabbi Yuval Cherlo is chair of the Sohar Ethics Center. He said that appreciating the needs of the disabled is a Jewish value that is all too often overlooked. Rabbi Yuval Cherlo from Israel, welcome to JM in the AM. Hi, good morning. Is it appropriate? Is it a coincidence? Is it uh, on purpose that this uh, that this Shabbat, uh, Parshat Toldot, is being utilized for accessibility Shabbat? We uh, decided to participate in the whole world uh, approach and not to, to try to be special or unique, but let's do it uh, all together because this is a value that, uh, as we believe, since uh, we were committed on Sheva Mitzvot Neinoch and Sheva Mitzvot of Neinoch, that means that all of us should be moral, all of us should be uh, behave in an ethical way. So, therefore... Uh, why not to participate with the whole world and do that? Uh, we are different because we are inspired by the prophets, by the demand that the, the Beit Mikdash and our synagogues will be based on social justice, but this is, these are our special sources. The right. idea of being ethical is uh, something that the whole uh, world can can uh, participate. Uh, Rabbi Yuval Cherlo is with us. All right, so the coincidence is that December 3rd, as you say, you know, World Accessibility Day is, of course, a Shabbat, and this is the Shabbat that's been designated. Um, how are we doing in this area? We'll talk about the visually impaired in a moment, because I know that's the specific focus now. But in general, is, is there a grade? Is there a way to evaluate how we as a Jewish community, as a Jewish world, uh, have been dealing with uh, uh, people with uh, with with the you know difficult situations. Um, I'll, I'll say two things. One is the fact that we are very sensitive to tzedakah and, and and charity and those 
those uh, uh, things. So therefore, there is some sensitivity to the disabled. But on the other hand, the fact that our agenda, our religious agenda, is so full of so many other things, and especially when we speak about kosher food, about the uh, arayot, about all those things. So, there, you know, obviously, those issues are many times uh, in the bottom of uh, find themselves in the bottom of the line. Right. And what we are trying to do is that in in the scale of, of religious commitments and values, we should put them higher. Exactly like the Torahs and the Sarah brought, like the prophets emphasized. And this is the reason why we think we should, you know, it should climb up uh, on, the, on the ladder, on the scale, towards uh, being very committed to build our institutes in a way that everybody will be able to, to participate and everybody will, will be able to take part. Yeah, 100%. I guess as good as we've done in this area, like many other things, there's always room for improvement. International Day of Persons with Disability, as we mentioned, it focuses now on the needs of the visually impaired. Uh, what can we do as a community and what can rabbinic leaders and other leaders in the community do uh, to make people more aware of the needs of the visually impaired? We should, first of all, think about the people that are not coming to Shul. It's, in general, the right thing to do in many aspects. And there are people that are uh, that have uh, uh, eye problems and, and cannot uh, invisible problems, and they're not coming, uh, or they are in danger. So therefore, we can do very tiny things, even, but to improve the situation, uh, from putting light not only inside of uh, the shul, but also outside in the paths and the ways, finding a sidurim with big letters. And last night, I got a phone call. From the national uh, committee for for uh, that uh, actually national library for blind uh, people that they are trying together with other rabbis that we didn't know about that to find a technology a, a kind of a, of a iPad or whatever a, a, a tablet that uh, will be kosher and Shabbat to, that people could participate in that fila. So wow. these are all kinds of things. I'm not sure I'm, I'm glad with this idea, but this, this is the direction, and we should think towards those things that everybody could be in shul and everybody could, could take place and uh, participate, as I said before, in the right. tefillah. Uh, and message-wise, I guess it's obvious, Rabbi Cherlo, that uh, not just in Israel, but even here in the United States, uh, you, would, you would be very happy if uh, all the rabbis got up this Shabbat and, and, and at the minimum at least simply me- messaged or, or simply mentioned rather that this was going on and that this Shabbat is designated for this purpose. The more awareness, uh, you know, I'm sure the more willing people will be to, to step in and help out. That's right. Uh, so I'm not in a position that I can call rabbis and, you know, announce something very big uh, that everybody will uh, obey and everybody will do. This is not my status. But uh, I, every rabbi that uh, we spoke with or wrote and, and distributed our uh, material in, here in Israel actually was uh, very enthusiastic, and we think that many people will do that. 
I, don't, I can't say, I can't use the word by chance, but don't forget that in our parashat Shavua, we actually read about Yitzchak that he couldn't see anymore. Right. And all the stories of, of, of the brachot, so somehow it got together, and when a rabbi has a good drasha, and <laughs> even he, and he can also change the community and, and make them to do some, make the community something that they can do something in order to improve the situation, so uh, we see that it's working. So uh, back to my first question. Uh, it's Parsha Toldot, Yitzchak Avinu. There's no such thing as coincidence, huh? Hey, yeah, that's right. So <laughs> I didn't use the, the word by chance. Uh, right. You know, we believe in Ashdoche. Right. <laughs> well, I hope, I hope that everybody, and, and I, I, you don't feel you have the role. Often I do feel I have the role uh, to ask our Jewish leaders and the rabbis out there to at least add a word or to about a special Shabbat to what they're presenting to their congregation tomorrow. So I hope more and more rabbis, even outside of Israel, uh, will take the opportunity to remember those who are visually impaired and encourage the congregation to help them out with whatever recommendations they can. Um, Tadarabah, mm-hmm. Tadarabah, I hope it's a very successful Shabbat, and thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, and Shabbat Shalom to everybody. Rabbi Yuval Cherlo, uh, the, uh, the effort is a great effort, Accessibility Shabbat, uh, which started back in 2015. Uh, this weekend, focusing on the needs of the visually impaired community. You heard some of the recommendations he made, which are simple recommendations, which I frankly never even thought of, between the large print sidurim and the uh, and the uh, lighted uh, walkways, or better lit walkways, I should say, and some of the other recommendations that uh, Rabbi Cherlow made, and uh, hopefully it'll make a difference. Uh, all the rabbis out there, if you have an opportunity, uh, you could uh, Google Accessibility Shabbat, get some information, and mention it to your congregation. That was my conversation with Rabbi Yuval Cherlow regarding Accessibility Shabbat. Nitzan Chen joined me recently on JM in the AM to talk about the 2016 Jewish Media Summit. He directs the Israel Government Press Office, and he discussed uh, what it's like to bring media people from around the world, from outside of Israel, to Israel, uh, to speak about the issues that affect Israel and the perception of Israel in the media outside the country. Uh, here's my conversation with Nitzan Chen during this edition of JM Rewind right here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Nitzan Chen is with us live via telephone. He is the uh, director of the government press office in Israel. There is a Jewish media summit that is set to begin in a few days in the Holy Land. The summit is a cooperation between three government ministries, the government press office, the Ministry of Diaspora Affairs, and the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. The summit focuses on the issues and challenges facing media in the diaspora. Participants will take part in discussions and tours alongside Israeli media personnel and public opinion leaders. Nitzan Chen, GPO Director in Israel, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you very much, Nechum. How are you? Baruch Hashem, everything is fine. Is that a good idea for members of the Jewish media from outside of Israel to meet up with members of the media inside Israel? Well, I think it's a terrific idea that the government administration, you know, as you said, on behalf of the three ministers, decided that it is very important to exchange views and to talk about some issues that bother the two communities, you know. There is many topics, either in the Kotel or in the attitude of different Jewish communities and uh, alternative streams of Judaism, you know, the foreign media looking forward to talk about these issues because it's bothered us. And this conference, which is the second time of this summit, it's not the first time. Right. I mean, the idea is that we will exchange views, and I'm telling you, this is going to be a great success. 
The uh, a, a great successful. I, I guess the only way to judge success is to see the way people write about Israel and discuss these issues in the media after the event is over, right? Right, but also it's very important between one summit to another summit. Is are we still on the agenda of the two communities? Are we exchange views and materials? I mean, this is very important that the government can lies and relies on 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 the Jewish media on regular basis. First of all, to make sure that uh, know what is the government policy. You know, sometimes there is a joke that here in <laughs> inside the. The, the Israeli government, we don't know exactly what is the policy. <laughs> so it's point. very important that the Jewish media around the world will know exactly what is the government uh, attitude towards many topics. But also to make sure that we are, uh, think, we don't need to think the same idea, but it's very important that we'll share the things that bother us. Right. You know, Needs and the cotton is one example. I can give you some more. You know, I, how, how the print, how the old media can deal because of the new media, how it's changed the technology and how we can deal with, you know, with the results of this uh, uh, revolution, you know, and some other things. Yeah, and of course, the influence that that media has on so many other people that they're reaching. Nitzan Chen is with us live from Israel. I mean, you mentioned some social issues, and believe me, I get how important those are and the perception of how they are. I understand how important that is. Uh, What about the larger... Uh, political, or I shouldn't say larger, what about the other political issues? Uh, for instance, is there confusion among media, Jewish media outside of Israel, about what the government policy is when it comes to two states, or when it comes to the relationship with other Arab countries, and things like that? Well, the main panel which will start the summit is, uh, we call it the great debate that, you know, different parties from the Knesset, from our parliament, will uh, deal with this issue, as you mentioned. But you know what? As we said, uh, in every synagogue, either abroad or in Israel, there is three different opinions, right? So I think that in in, in a political issue, we won't find, um, you know, one aspect to cover this conflict, but many other aspects. And it's very important that we we can hear, you know, not just through the media, but to hear eye by eye, you represent from Yeshatid and from the Likud party and also from the Labour party that, you know, and that the Jewish media is a factor, is a, is a factor, is a significant factor to, uh, uh, to the Israeli government. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, next time we will have the third summit, Nachum Sega will be with us <laughs> here in Jerusalem. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I'll add a unique perspective, I'm sure. Um, the, the, uh, you know, outside of Israel, I would think, especially thinking of American Jewish media outside of Israel, I would think that there might be more of a broad opinion across the across the board than there might be in Israel is that is that is that is that an incorrect evaluation that there 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 may be more opinions or more vast types of opinions from outside of Israel than from within the Israeli media good question i mean uh, how you compare jewish media in europe or uh, north america i don't think it's the same american jewry uh, think about the modern life a bit different from, you know, from a website in Portugal or in, you know, Yugoslavia. Right. So it's very important to to take some issue and to see the perspective from all over the Jewish media, not just from American Jewry or Israeli Jewry. And one of the, uh, you know, highlights of this summit will be the second day in Jaffa, then we will meet a senior political Israelis uh, with the American journalists and, you know, other media journalists, and we will ask, you know what we will ask Nahum, why 
why uh, do we think about the same issues uh, from around the globe? Right. In other words, I mean, why sometimes we think that the Israeli journalists are not really care about writing about Jewish uh, problems, right. you know, like pluralism in Judaism right. uh, and some other issues. And I think it's a, it's a professional summit, no politics, just professional issues, and to see if we can carry on with this dialogue on regular basic and not just once a year. No, I understand that. It's a unique combination you have here. I mean, quite obviously, your office, the, the government press office, is integral to all of this. That I understand. But the Ministry of Diaspora Affairs and the Ministry of Foreign Affairs are involved, and we've been impressed um, for good reason with the outreach that they've made in general with different programs around the world. And when it comes to media, I'm sure they understand the importance of, of all this. I, I would guess this summit would not be as large and as uh, popular as it is without their involvement, right? They have a unique way of reaching out and really finding people and media in the diaspora to participate. Absolutely right. Last time we did it with uh, uh, 150 uh, journalists all over the world. This time we decided to focus on the top 50 seniors, uh, editors, and publishers. And you know what? All the topics of these four coming days, uh, they chosen. They chose the topics. I mean, right. it's not that the government organizes a summit. They just give them the facilities. All the topics on these four coming days coming from the foreign media uh, representative. And I, I found it very interesting without any patronize. This is the exchange views between journalists, <laughs> Jewish journalists all over the world. And I, I, I really looking forward to meet our colleagues and to talk about them and to share with them my view and to hear from them what do you think what they think the government administration should carry on with this kind of uh, activities not just once a year but to do it on regular basis. Right, and based on what you said earlier, some of those issues that they've brought up are things that may never come up in Israeli media or very rarely. You're absolutely right. We have two main uh, uh, ideological uh, editorial newspapers, right. Haaretz and Makor Ishon, right. left-wing and right-wing. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, they are the two main newspapers that carry uh, on this kind of uh, Jewish uh, um, programs. And I think our challenge, well, it's a big, it's a tremendous challenge to... Persuade Channel 2 on Israeli television, mm -hmm. Idiot Achronot, mm -hmm. which is the main newspaper that crossed the country, to talk about uh, women guild, to, to talk about pluralism in the cultural, to talk about uh, uh, the views in Israel and the diaspora in terms of Jewish identity, Jewish community, assimilation, etc., etc. Yeah. And this challenge, we're going to uh, discuss on this summit uh, next week. Nate Sanchen is with us. It starts when? When does this begin? It starts Sunday afternoon till Wednesday. No. And it's uh, four intensive days. One day we'll uh, go uh, to see some, uh, you know, minorities in Israel and to see innovation and startup, things like that. But uh, it's uh, three days apart from meeting the Prime Minister, the President, and uh, um, some ministers like Naftali Bennett, Minister of Education, and uh, uh, Minister of uh, Diaspora Affairs, we will have internal topics that journalists will talk about, topics that bother them on regular basis, and this is a, a, a really um, a surprise for me because they chose the topics, and you know what? There is many, many conferences during the, the year, but this kind 
or professional summit. I think I'm not objective, but this is a unique <laughs> summit, and I promise you that next time we will send you a special a VIP invitation that you will come to our conference. Well, I appreciate that. What percentage of your guests are coming from the New York area? Any idea? It's uh, 25%. In New York, it's not just a small community. Yeah. I think it's around uh, 20, uh, uh, between 50 to 20 uh, participants. But again, we have a variety of journalists all over the world, from Turkey, from Netherlands, from, um, you know, um, Europe, East Europe, even Asia. So it's right. not just American. Uh, yeah, I understand. It's from all outside of Israel, the entire diaspora. 25, ac what? actually, with all that land covered, 25% is pretty impressive for the New York area, I must say. Nitsan, <laughs> did, did Israeli media make a big deal yesterday about Haftet in November, or it just passes without any notice? No, no, you pass people. You, you'll be surprised. The main uh, uh, television uh, program, uh, you know, uh, on 8 o'clock, did a Big story about Kaftet in November, mm. and also some journalist uh, newspaper. Actually, it's a main issue. You know, no, they are not. It's not open the news, but the second or the third uh, topic is certainly one of our uh, things that the Israeli media is uh, dealing with. And you know what? Next year, it's a 50 years of uh, United Jerusalem. Right. You'll be surprised. There will be a lot of programs about this unity. I think that. Well, I hope that the Israeli journalists also grew up to make sure that this kind of unity and this kind of celebration, even just a reason for a, a party, yeah. that, you know, that we have a, a united capital, uh, we call it Jerusalem, it's not just something that you put it in uh, page number seven in the newspaper. Yeah, it's a, it's a front page, and it's... Symbolize our victory, and you know we are not from the UN. This is exactly want that Israel will succeed from all the challenges that we are dealing with. I was so I was so hoping you'd bring this up. This is where we need your leadership. We're so we're so good at at criticizing and complaining, but here we're going to have all these opportunities to celebrate. Please convince your colleagues in the Israeli media that there's so much in the next year to celebrate. You absolutely right, and sometimes we are only excusing ourselves and you know taking some results and some blame that uh, we are not deserve that. Any reason that we can symbolize our succeed and our victory, like 50 years of uh, a united, uh, you know, the two sides of Jerusalem, east and west, to one united city, it's a big reason for celebration. Yeah, and uh, I can, I, I can share with you and send you links to many, many stories that are going to be either on behalf of the Israeli government um, control, but some private newspaper that really think that it's important. And you know what? What? The readers are looking forward to, uh, to read and to talk about positive things that have come, come in Israel and not just negative issues. That's why you need me there. We're so good at energizing this. <laughs> We're so good at energizing this audience when it comes to celebrating Israel. I've got to address this conference. We have to spread this everywhere. I'm telling you. Okay, so take the first plan and come. We still have two tickets for you. You can join our this summit. Tadaraba. Nitzanchen, the government press office in Israel. Good luck with the summit. A phenomenal, phenomenal thing that you're doing. Tadaraba. Thank you so much for joining us. There he is, Nitzanchen from Israel here at JM in the AM. That was my recent interview with Nitzanchen of the Israel government press office about the 2016 Jewish Media Summit as he brought many Jewish media people to Israel from the diaspora to discuss important issues of the day. More coming up during this edition of JM Rewind. I thank you for listening to the Nahum Siegel Network.
יהי רצון מלפני אבינו. אבינו שבשמיים, שתתמלא רחמים על החתן והכלה.
יש אנשים לא מרוצים, מתלוננים על כל דבר. למה את הטפל הם רק רואים ומתעלמים מהעיקר? והשמחה מברכה, למרות שכלום לא חסר, כי הברכה נמצאת בלב, ולא בשום מקום אחר. אז תגיד ברוך השם על מה שיש לך, ברוך השם על שמסדר את כל ימיך, אל תדאג כי יש כאן רק אחד שמסובב את כל ימיך מצד לצד תגיד תודה על כל דקה כי לא ברור שתתעורר תגיד תודה זאת לא בושה או שתגיד ברוך תגיד ברוך השם על מה שיש לך, ברוך השם על האושר, ברוך השם כי מה שלא מטוב לך לא יקרה הבוקר, אז תגיד ברוך השם על מה שיש לך, ברוך השם שתגיד ברוך השם אז תגיד ברוך השם על ביותכו לבד 
Listening to another wonderful edition of JM Rewind, where we get an opportunity to hear some of the conversations I've had over the last couple of weeks at JM in the AM. Thank you very much for tuning in. JM Rewind is an exclusive presentation of the Nahum Siegel Network.